Boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Rana and Donna. <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? It's episode number 247 now of the Ron and Don Show. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios, and coming up, we're going to talk about something the Navy SEALs do. I've learned from the SEALs, and I'm going to teach you, and it's something I've been doing every morning. Are you and, jumping out of a helicopter well, with I'm a knife in your I'm not going to tell you, but I almost killed myself doing it the other day. <laughs> in this very chair. I almost died. So anyway, uh, but I'm going to teach you how to properly do it. If you want to be like Don and like a Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, who rah simplified, ding-ding, air power, uh, I got you covered. Also, the five biggest regrets. They've done some research. And they talk to people right before they're about to croak. And we have now have their five biggest regrets. And these are five things that you can think about now if you're a younger person. So you won't have these regrets as you get older. Did I just say about to croak? Yes, you did. <laughs> about to kick it. About to fall in the box. <laughs> before we get to that, let's get to this. Justice Thomas sitting on the Supreme Court. What's interesting about him is he does a lot of writing, but he doesn't do a lot of talking. He doesn't do a lot of speaking. Doesn't he, he ask any questions? Really. He doesn't ask any questions, no. Uh, and so if he's miffed about something, the only way that you really know that is he sits down, he puts pen to paper, and he gives you his opinion. He is currently concerned. He is currently concerned about President Trump and the fact that the former president has had his Twitter account taken away. Uh, and his thought is whether you embrace the former president and his politics, uh, or maybe you don't. He said, we are on a slippery slope in this country and around the world when it comes to big tech. And the fact that big tech, and he calls it big tech, can step in and shut the Twitter platform down. And in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, shutter the former president's voice. This is what I believe, you guys, and I don't know if Ron believes this or not. I believe if it wasn't for Twitter, I don't think Donald Trump would have ever become president. And think about this. Uh, at the time he was launching his presidency, he had about 30 million followers. By the time he got done, he had over 100 million people following him. And some bots. Yeah. And we, ha we, we have to admit, every morning, I would kind of wake up and I'd be interested to see that tweet storm that he had at 3.12 in the morning overnight. And then this tweet storm, we now know that he would sit around in the morning in his robe and his slippers. He lived in a different part of the White House than Melania did. Nothing wrong with that. And he would watch television in the morning, watch all the morning shows, watch himself on TV, and then he would react and respond. So that's why we saw... Is is his his Twitter account going crazy sometimes late at night well, early in the morning? What Justice Thomas is doing from a legal standpoint is it's not necessarily about Trump. Trump is sort of the the headline or the attention grabber here. What he's trying to put forward, and, and he actually has a point if you think about it in in, in the terms that he's presenting, and, and that is this: is something like uh, Twitter or like Facebook or even the internet, if you expand it one step further. Is that closer to a public utility 
or is it closer to a privately owned business? And, and, and so that's what he's trying to draw the distinction of. And if you think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense. There was a time in America where you had two different electric platforms that were gaining prominence in America. So one was the Thomas Edison platform and one was the Nikolai Tesla platform. And, and you had to choose as the consumer, which electricity do I want to buy? If I want electricity in my house and I want to get rid of the lanterns, which electricity platform am I going to buy? They were privately owned and you as the consumer, you had to choose. And so you have one house that had Tesla and then the next house down would have General Electric. Wow. And then and, you uh, just had to choose. And finally, the government stepped in and said, you know what? This is in the public good that we just have one thing. Hmm. If you're talking about electricity or we can't have water going to one building and not going to the next building, Public utilities are going to be standardized. They're going to be regulated by the government and everybody's going to have access to that. Unless you're in Flint, Michigan. Unless you're in Flint, Michigan. So it's going to be regulated. You're going to have access to it and there's going to be governmental uh, oversight and control over things in the public good, Hmm. public utilities. And so what Thomas is saying is, wait a minute. We now have this technology that we've never had before emerge. Then mm-hmm. pub privately owned companies created different platforms, but now they've grown to such a degree that are they now utilities? In, in other words, should we allow for a terms of service written by a corporate lawyer for Twitter or Facebook or Instagram? Should we allow that to curtail the freedoms of, of an individual? Is it, is it an American's right have access to these in the same way of an access to electricity. So if I, if I disagree with your politics, should the electric company be able to go, you know what? I don't agree with Don's politics. He doesn't get electricity. <laughs> I don't agree with Ron's politics. Yeah. He doesn't get water. Yeah. No, you still get water. You still get electricity. Should you still have access to these platforms? And so what Clarence Thomas's position is while maybe Donald Trump violated the terms of service, Let's set that off to the side. Is the underlying platform now grown to such a degree that it's a, it's a public utility? I don't think so. I think it's free. It's close, though. I think it's borderline. I think you can smart people can make an argument that, yes, it is a public utility. And so where because Facebook has hid behind this thing of like, hey, dude, we're just a, we're just a platform. It doesn't matter if if uh, uh, 10,000 people gather in a Facebook group and then storm the Capitol and kill a police officer, wasn't our fault because we're just a platform. And it's like, well, no, wait a minute. Your algorithm that you guys created is helping bring these people together or it can be proven that you've radicalized people by the suggestions that you give them with YouTube or with Google or with Facebook. So you can you can prove that. You can show that. Or Parler that was taken down or by Parler Big Tech. was taken down. Yeah. So now we have to decide and Thomas is pushing forward the theory of yeah, these are approaching or are already public utilities. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you, you know, we need to allow people to do it back to the electricity thing. Um, if, if I'm in a condominium or an apartment building, uh, I cannot just disregard the code of electricity. So because I'm endangering other people, Uh, if I have a neighbor that lives next door, I can't open up the walls and say, oh, I'm just going to wire this building with the wrong gauge wire. I can be reported by my neighbor and forced by the government to do it to code. 
for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. So the government then would have to step in and write a terms of service for the internet. And obviously big tech is resisting that. And you have people like Clarence Thomas, uh, you know, saying this is now a utility. Do you think it's a utility or a privately owned platform? I don't know. Uh, but I, but I, where I do agree with him is I do think there'll be cases coming to the Supreme court and it'll be very interesting because it's a very conservative court now. And will that court look at, you know, cause, cause three of the judges there are there because of Donald Trump. Will, will they side with the former president or will they not? Cause, because, because really, when you when you look at the law, you're not supposed to side with a politician. Well, the, the, I don't There's, think Donald Trump has a case that'll make it to the Supreme Court. It'll be someone else's case. I, I no, I agree with that. But in the back of their minds, of course, in the in in in, in the back of their minds, uh, and 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 I look. Let me ask you this question: Do you believe that he would have become president without Twitter? Absolutely not. Well, social media. I think the first no the, not, fir- not the first Facebook, one is Twitter. Facebook. The first one is Facebook. If you for go him, bo- absolutely the sixty minutes story. They Facebook let the Donald Trump campaign have offices in Facebook. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. on the Facebook platform. They had That's test right. cases all the way down to which anti Hillary ad color works better in this zip code. There's a whole. There's been books written about this. The first campaign was Facebook. The second one, I would agree with you that Twitter came on the rise during his presidency for the second campaign, but his first election, I'll I'll give you social media. I think in the first campaign, it's 75% Facebook, 25% Twitter. Is he electable without those platforms? No, absolutely not. Because you know he's going to run again. Because the way he won is by this micro-targeting of 50 votes here and 100 votes there. And there there were case studies that they said that, that these Facebook algorithms, they'd go after 10 votes. You could never canvas for that in person, but digitally you could. They'd go after 10 votes in, in a neighborhood, or they'd go after 15 votes over here. And, and if you combined all those together in the really close states where he would win by 10,000 votes, that's how they did it. Yeah. I'm interested because I don't think Joe Biden is electable in in four years. I, I, I he says he he already says that he's running again, and and I think he, you know you know my politics. I think he's doing a good job, but again, I voted for Republicans and Democrats. I think I voted for Reagan and and George W. Bush the first time, but not the second time. So I I, do, I don't think Donald Trump has a chance unless those platforms I, are given, I would are not given, mind are, give, are given back to him. I would not mind seeing. A little more regulation of the the tech giants, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, etc. Um, they have run wild with virtually no regulation because no one understood what they were doing. And so I think in that front, I think that Clarence Thomas has a good point. It, it wouldn't be a bad thing uh, to be a utility, and there are still utility companies that made lots of money. Enron. You can make lots of money and still be a public utility. You just have oversight. So I think having some oversight there is not a bad thing. Yeah. can't believe you're calling out Enron. That was a great company. Thank you. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Rolling blackouts. Five biggest regrets before you croak. Let's talk about that on the other side of this.
Hey, you guys, once again in 2021, we are so excited to have Les Schwab be the title sponsor of the Ron and Don Show because of all the great things they do in the community and also because you know this is true. They take care of you. We had a pretty rough winter here in the great specific Northwest, as my son likes to call it, and now there's a lot of potholes out there on the road. And also, it's spring break. Here comes summer break, and you want to make sure when you hit those breaks during spring and summer break that you actually break. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. There's 85 locations to serve you. Go to leschwab.com. You'll find that location here in Western Washington. And what they'll do, and they'll do this for free. They did it for me. They'll take your rig. They'll put it up on a rack. They're going to look at the brakes, and they're going to make sure when you hit the brakes that the brakes are going to break. They're also going to look at your tires. Do those need to be rotated? Could you be saving when it comes to gas and gas mileage by getting those rotated and making sure that you have the proper tire pressure? They do all that stuff for you at Les Schwab. Not like the other guys where they charge you. Les Schwab, they do it absolutely for free. And right now, during spring break and during the spring tire sale, it's the biggest tire sale of the year, save $200 on specific tires that you can bundle. Again, how do you find a location near you? Just go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab, doing the right thing. It matters. It's just like talking to a longtime friend. They are so fun and they were so fun to work with. When it comes to your real estate journey, you need an expert team and a playbook. The Ron and Don Playbook. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. I think the expertise provided by Ron and Don is really something I haven't seen before. I've bought probably a half a dozen properties over my lifetime. So I was just so impressed at how all in they were from the very beginning. They knew what we were going to need to do in order to get the house that I wanted. And they were absolutely committed to making that happen for me. So responsive. And I would hear from them if they needed something for me immediately. If I called them, they would answer. They were super responsive. Uh, Don was a bit of a magician, being that like there was things that nobody knew the answers to. It was remarkable, and I would get the call. Hey, I was able to get the plans, the plans that if we don't get, we don't buy this house. And I get the call, and there's four boxes of plans. It was amazing. The sale price was 55k over ask, and that just blew us away. We were absolutely ecstatic. Thanks to their skill to negotiate, we are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. They were a thousand percent instrumental in making this deal happen and making sure we closed on time and that I was able to get into my dream condo. I'm just absolutely thrilled. I mean, I knew that this was going to be hard to find and we did it so quickly and got just the perfect house in exactly where where I needed it to be at a price that I feel really good about. So I could not be happier with my experience. I really felt like I could trust them. They made some promises on some things mm-hmm. that, and they delivered on them with no questions mm-hmm. asked, you know, and they came through. I absolutely recommend Ron and Don for your real estate transactions or just a cup of coffee and a sit down. Ready to get in the game? Get your playbook and schedule your Ron and Don sit down now at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode uh, 247. And don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, as you just found out. Reach out to Ron, ron at windermere.com if you want one of our buyer's playbooks, seller playbooks, and we'd love to be a part of your real estate journey. We do sit-downs virtually every morning, starting at 730, and then uh, I'll come out and visit your property. And I'll bring you a, a Ron and Don, I sat down, camp mug, even though I don't sit down with people anymore. I socially distance and we stand, but we didn't think that would 
That, that wouldn't be great. I socially distance with Ron and Don. As a, as a way worse coffee mug. Yeah, it'd be difficult. Anyway, uh, some new research out. In fact, a psychologist uh, has written about this new research. And really, they're the five uh, biggest regrets that people have at the end of their lives. And these are people in hospice care that, as they reflected on their lives and they thought about the things that were important, the things that weren't, and the things that they gave a lot of time to that maybe they wish they hadn't. And that's Charlie in the background. Uh, you okay? All right. He's wagging his tail, man. He's a happy dog. You're going to take care of him, why? Right? You're going to take care of him? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be okay with him overnight? Because I'm going to go on a little one-day trip to the Great Wolf Lodge. I thought that was over with. My son's making me go to the Great Wolf Lodge for his birthday. Ah! Uh, well, does he sleep on the bed, or does he sleep on his own bed? Who, Charlie? Yeah. Uh, when he's around me, he sleeps on the floor. When G-Force is here. So should I have him on the bed or on the floor? The bed. I don't know. It's up to you. It's not allowed on the furniture, I'll tell you that. Let me, let, let me give you the five things, and then just a quick reflective piece on this, and then I want to see what resonates with Ron. These are the top, top five things that people talked about at the end of their life cycle. Uh, they said, number one, uh, they wish that they had the courage to live a life true to themselves and not the life that others expected of them. Hmm. They also wish that they hadn't worked so hard. They also wish that they had the courage to express their feelings. Uh, They also wish that they'd stayed in touch with friends. And they also wish that they would have allowed themselves to be happier. And then what this clinical psychologist, Carla Marie Manley, wrote, she said, those who are self-aware toward the end of their lives, tend to move into life's possibilities. But those who are less self-reflective, they often get mired in negative cycles that can lead to regret and also lead to anger and create a lot of pain at the end of their lives. So uh, what resonates with you as you you kind of hear those things? Uh, And where do you think you're at? Uh, right now as you think about your life as you just uh, turned 50. Here. I think the the biggest one is sort of that keyword of of allowing yourself. Like a lot of times that that really is the key. Like allow yourself to be happy. Allow yourself to not work more. Like like there are these little micro decision points in our every single day that most of us, especially I think men more than women, uh, you're sort of trained and lauded and applauded for rolling right through them. Like the biggest example to me is when we were kids, and I don't think they even do this anymore, in football practice, you were just told to ignore physical pain. And so if you had a physical pain or if you uh, um, were hurting, you were instructed to ignore that, Uh, especially during two-a-days, the first of the season, walk it off, rub some dirt on it. Um, There was no attention or care made whatsoever to physical pain. You got to remember, these are boys, you know, 12 years old, 15 years old. Uh, and so you kind of grow up f- with this thing of like, oh, I need to disconnect myself from my body and from paying attention to anything and just plow ahead. I have one, one direction and it is going straight ahead. And so then you get into, you graduate high school, you get into the workforce, similar thing. Oh, I'm tired. I've, I've worked eight hours. I'm, I know I'm not performing up to my best. But I'm expected to be here, so I'm just going to keep, I'm going to push through. 
keep working, keep going, uh, ignore all the physical strain, all the physical sensations, ignore logic, ignore everything because you don't give yourself permission to do so. And there's peer pressure and everything else. So that's the biggest one to me that resonates is, is really having the courage to pay attention to that stuff uh, and recognize when you're blowing through all these red lights in your life uh, and, and pay attention to that. And then the second one is being true to yourself. Uh, and I think back, and I've told this story before uh, back in the day of, of like my senior year in high school, I really wanted to be in this band and I really didn't want to disappoint my family and not play my last year of varsity football to use football analogy in, in twice in this segment. And so I ended up quitting the band and finishing the final year of football. And I, I don't regret that, but if I really at that point in my life had had the courage and strength and fortitude to know, to lean into what I was about, I was more about wanting to be in, involved in the band and in music. And so I just didn't know. And I think we constantly do that throughout our lives is, is go, I, well, I can't really do this because that's not what's expected of me. I have a, I have a very good friend that after a, a very successful career finally said, I've always wanted to be an artist. I'm going to, I'm going to be an artist and I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent necessarily every month, but my primary, if I had a business card right now, it's going to say artist. And it was very, very scary for them. Uh, and it was a huge risk. And they walked away from a corporate job at an upper management level. Uh, and I was very proud of this person to say, that's awesome that you're saying, this is who I am. And even if it means sacrifice, I'm going to lean into this. And I always know I can always go back and probably revive my career. Uh, and I'm not going to completely sever all relationships. This is just who I am right now. That, that to me was like, wow, really? And, and finally, and then I'll shut up. I've, I've daydreamed for years about living abroad, even, even if it's just for three months or six months or a year or whatever. Um, and I constantly, I think about it every single week where it's like, okay, if I'm ever going to do that, well, I'm still mobile and relatively fit and healthy and, and cognitively there, it's going to have to happen one of these times. It's like, is there a way we could do the Ron and Don show where I'm in Europe for a year? Like, I don't know, but like, I've always daydreamed about that. And you, and we've talked about it for years. If I'm going to do it at some point, I'm going to just have to do it. What resonated with you? Well, and, and I appreciate all that. That's great. I mean, I was, it, it's very odd. I was in Fred Meyer yesterday. I was buying toilet paper. Uh, I was doing just a real mundane task for my Airbnbs because I still self-manage them. And, and I like doing it. Like I, I like make, making people happy. I like hosting people. I'm, I'm, I'm a super host. According to Airbnb, they sent me a, a little dig, digital uh, medal yesterday. I'm still a super host. Wow. So, medal winner. Yeah. You haven't won an award since Spin Instructor of the I Year. I'm still a super host. I, I, I love people coming here, enjoying Seattle, and, and even the gentleman that's staying in my basement right now in my ADU. Like, I love having him here. It's great. Ha He's a young 23-year-old kid. He's an accountant that works for a construction company. Uh, he just extended his stay another month. And, and I love that he's here and that he's exploring the city, and I get to, to tell him about this, this, this city that I love. 
I don't know if you heard of this place called Discovery Park, but I never been Discovery there. Park the other. Uh, anyway, I'm in the store, and I'm 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 buying this stuff, and I had just talked to one of my friends on the on the phone, uh, and it's a friend, and and I won't say who it is, but 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 you know him, and he's a guest who's been on this show, and he was celebrating the fact that he had stopped drinking, uh, thirty years ago. 30 years since he had had his last drink. And he looked at his life before and he looked at his life after. And, and as Priscilla, our, our therapist, always says, look at the evidence of, of your life. And I have made some decisions in my own life about eating and drinking and the way that I would take care of myself. Because really, I did, I did things a certain way the first 50 years and I, I would like to do them a different way as I'm turning... 54 next week. Uh, maybe on the day this comes out. Yeah, I think on the day this comes out. Happy, happy birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday today. So so anyway, I, I'm walking down this aisle, and I'm buying this toilet paper, and I just be, began to become overwhelmed uh, in a really positive way about just how great my life is. My life, and, and just how great it is just the way it is. Uh, I don't have a girlfriend right now. I don't have a partner. I've always searched for that and thought I needed that. I've always wanted to have more children. Uh, and I have my son. Um, and we have our dog. And we have our family. And even within my family, there there's some things that I wish were healed uh, with certain family members that aren't. And so it, it used to be when when things were were not perfect, I would always search for perfection. And when I couldn't find perfection and I would find pain, pain instead of perfection, that's when I would numb. And that and that and that's where alcohol uh became the the medicine for me. And 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 since I've made some changes and in, in shifts in my life, life is just so much brighter. Life is so beautiful just in the mundane things. You can of sh- stop and smell the toilet paper. Yeah, just just stopping and, and buying toilet paper in a, in a store and being present in the store. You know, what I, what I learned, and we talked about the Stoics, and, and Ryan Holiday has a great book, and I've talked about this before, called The Obstacle is the Way. And in, in growing up, I learned to run emotionally from feelings and obstacles because that's, that's what the people around me did especially the men around me. And as I've gotten older, I've learned that that obstacle is the way. You don't run from the obstacle. You move through the obstacle. And sometimes that obstacle freaking hurts, but you see what the obstacle has to teach you. And in life, you just accept the fact that there's more obstacles. And here's where I'm at. If, if today it was over, if, if, if this is it, if this was the final broadcast, uh, I have to say I have had an incredible life. I have had a... a and this is what I was thinking about uh, buying toilet paper. Um, just an incredible life. The cities I've got to live in with you. Um, the sports teams that we got to work for. To stand on the sidelines of the Dallas Cowboys. To be uh, in the Black Hole Gang with the Oakland Raiders. And, and to be the sideline reporters. To do the John Gruden Show and the Tim Brown Show. To, to broadcast and do morning shows that I dreamed about as a little boy with my grandmother when I'd practice my radio show late at night. Um, to live in places 
and have friends in places like Dallas and San Francisco and 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 Los Angeles and Phoenix and and, and New Orleans, just all the places that we've been. I'm so lucky. And I don't need to have more kids because I have a great kid. Uh, I don't need to have a partner because I have partners. I have a partner like you and, and like my friend Joe and Scotty and and I could go on and on. But I I I you do need more toilet paper. Yeah. So 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 I think for me, just just I wish I would have learned these lessons earlier. I wish I would have learned them earlier. Uh, and I didn't. But I'm not gonna regret that. I'm not I'm I'm just gonna accept the fact that this is where I am as I turn fifty-four. This is where I'm at. And 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 my life isn't perfect, but in a lot of ways, it's perfection. And I'm so damn grateful for all of it, for all of it. And I feel so darn lucky. So that's where I'm at on that. Yeah. That was heavy. Hmm? I didn't realize that was going to be such a heavy segment. <laughs> anyway. If there's a run on the toilet paper uh, this week, it's because Don was buying toilet paper for all his Airbnbs. We'll see you on that side of it. Whether you're buying or selling, everyone needs a team. That's what Team Bronco did. That's what Team Lone Star did. That's what Team Wallace did. That's what Team Michigan did. Go Blue! All right, you guys, let's finish up episode uh, 247. And again, if you want the buyer player, uh, the buyer player, the buyer's playbook, the seller's playbook, uh, just write Ron, Ron at windermere.com. Go to our website, ronadonsitdown.com, and we can schedule a sit down today. <laughs> Carbonated drink? It's my LaCroix. You know what I'm doing? It wrong. What? <laughs> don't say what you're doing. Let me see you do it. No, I'm not gonna do it. Don't say it. <clears throat> <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. You didn't count to four. I did count to four. You're supposed to count to four. Not four after eight, and then four and four, so it's sixteen. So I count did sixteen. No, you, you're you're. And explain what you're doing because I, I know I'm doing it. Right. I, I was being a Navy SEAL. Uh, you're like- Navy SEALs, when they're under ships, they're in battle. A lot of times you're down in the water and they're starting to feel anxiety. They do something called box breathing. And that's what I was just doing. And maybe if I'm doing it wrong, that's why I feel like I'm going to pass out every you're time. You're doing it incorrectly. Anytime you feel anxiety, uh, you're supposed to do what the SEALs do. And so I've been trying this. You get so focused on breathing and doing it wrong that you can't even think about the anxiety. And then a lot of times, because I probably am doing it wrong and doing it too long, I, I sit in this chair in the morning, this yellow chair, and I've been practicing my box, box breathing, and I have to say you almost pass out. Here's the good thing, though. Like, I'll get a text message, and we're, we're psh, normally I'd get on there and just start fighting back. I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to box breathe, or if, or if somebody cuts me off in traffic, or somebody uh, uh, pisses me off on a phone call or an email, 
I'm learning to box breathe. They say that's what the SEALs do. That's how they deal with their anxiety, and it's something that we should all try. So so how are you supposed to box breathe? The, the box breath, it comes from a, a yoga background, and it was a way, uh, you know, breathing exercises to control anxiety and your heart rate and that sort of thing. And so the, the way they say to do it is to inhale for a count of four. Four. Then you hold for a count of four. Yeah. Then you exhale for a count of four, and then you hold for a count of four. That's what I was doing. Sixteen. No, but you were like four, 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 and four. You were doing it quicker and then holding quicker. Uh, You know what, Ron? I'm I'm in front of a microphone. I have anxiety, and I was nervous. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, and I went first, and you got to go second. That's correct. A lot of times when you go second, not as much anxiety. So I was the one that blazed the trail on the bottom. Is that you set a timer for five minutes and you do it? You box breathe for five minutes. Yep. And your anxiety and your mental state is supposed to change. It really, it really is helpful. Like is that's it? one of those things, like you talked about in the last segment, like what, how do we never know these things growing up? Yeah. Like all the dumb stuff you're taught in middle school and high school, when you could use some actual life skills, like the, uh, the box breath, like that's the sort of thing where you could use, I could have used this when I was 25 totally. uh, or even third, like, well, hang on. Would you have been open to it though? Or cause, cause I think maybe it was I, from a Navy I, seal. I think, oh, okay. If it's a from a yoga class, maybe you Probably make fun not. of it. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, Hey, this is a Navy seal training. You, you can do it too. I'd be like, okay, like I'll try that. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really good technique. Uh, I would definitely try it out. There's some uh, some of the meditation apps do this as well, where you, they do a breathing exercise. But um, yeah, I found it to be very interesting. I actually did it on the way over here. I've had a, an exceptionally stressful day today for a lot of different reasons I can't talk about. Yeah. But I was like, I did the box breath uh, on my way over to record today, and it, it helped. Yeah, it, it, isn't it because you're so focused on it? It forces you. Because it's not easy to four, 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 and four, and it focuses, and, and they teach you in yoga to really focus on your breath. Because if you did it two, 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 and two, it would be too easy to do, and then you start thinking about other things. And I know when I try to meditate, the hardest thing they say focus on your breath. That box breathing makes you do it because you're sitting there and you're counting four. You're counting four. You're counting four. You're counting four. So, yeah. Yeah. Good job. And then I pass out. <laughs> then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> And then I, I've been setting that timer, but my phone is not allowed in this room because we're 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 I'm, I'm sitting right by my Peloton bike and there's weights all over the place and my son's boxing gloves and this is also the the Ron and Don studio, uh, and then I start getting anxiety about the fact that I made this rule that the phone is not supposed to be in here, but in order to have the five minute timer, the phone's. What in happened there. to your stopwatch? You saw a coach's stopwatch. Yeah, I've lost it. I think Charlie ate it. We need a new stopwatch. I'm looking for it to poop it out in the backyard. I haven't seen that yet. Anyway, land on that note. Hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by episode number 247. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, if you got to get in touch with us, just write Ron Ron at Windermere.com. I'm Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hitting subscribe. And then that way, you can hear the show every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we just love performing it for you. We also love the fact that Les Schwab is our title sponsor. And we appreciate them so much. In fact, the other day, uh, Rich from Les Schwab had sent me a video. And there was a police officer who had passed away in Colorado. And they were carrying his remains down the interstate. And all the local Les Schwabs, they jumped in their trucks. They grabbed their American flags. They stood on the side and they stood at attention as uh, they brought this uh, young officer home. 
There's all these Les Schwab trucks lined up on the side of the interstate. It was really beautiful, you guys. It was so, so powerful. Anyway, that's why we love them so much because they're so involved connecting the community. It's not just about tires. It's about human connection. And uh, that's what this show is about, too. All right? If you want to write us, Ron at Windermere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Find us on our socials, Don O'Neill, Ron Upshaw. Also, I'm Don O'Neill34 on Instagram, and he's Ron Upshaw on Instagram. RonandDonSitdown.com is the website. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time for episode 248. That'll be the day after my birthday. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>